Hey guys, Dander here once again. So if you didn't already listen to our review of the Zifu came to dinner, I just want to give you guys a heads up. The reason you're getting this Whacking Day bonus Patreon exclusive review here on the free feed is because obviously there was no episode last week. We all had influenza A in the Dando and Davis household. It wasn't a good time, but we're back now. Um, but as a way of saying thank you for sticking with us and your ongoing support and for the fact that there was no show last week, you got the Zifu came to dinner and this bonus review of Whacking Day. So each month we go back and we revisit a classic episode of the show, Guy and myself, and we chuck it up on the Patreon page. And Whacking Day was one of the more recent ones we did. So we hope you enjoy our review of Whacking Day. And if you want more revisited classic episodes, you can find them on our Patreon page, patreon.com slash fourfingerdiscount, where you also get early access and all the other stuff that we remind you of each and every week. But thank you all once again for your ongoing support. Hope you all have a fantastic week and enjoy this bonus review of Whacking Day. See you guys next week. Well, Marge, should I whack slow or fast? Slow, then fast. <laughs> Dad, please, for the last time, I beg you, don't lower yourself to the level of the mob. Lisa, maybe if I'm part of that mob, I can help steer it in wise directions. Now, where's my giant foam cowboy hat and air horn? Four finger discount, dude. Welcome to this Patreon exclusive four figure discount revisited classic review of one of the most iconic episodes of The Simpsons of all time. I'm not going to say it's one of the best, but it's definitely one of the most iconic and memorable. It is episode 9F18. The original air date of it was way back in April of 1993, April 29th, written by the legendary John Swartzwelder and directed by Jeff Lynch. This one is, of course, Whacking Day. I am Dando. And I am Johnny Deformed. <laughs> that sounds <laughs> no, like a very I interesting guy. book, doesn't it? Sounds like a good book. <laughs> It does. I'd certainly pick that one up. So this episode here, an absolute classic. There isn't a Simpsons fan out there who, out there who doesn't know about Whacking Day. Even a casual viewer of The Simpsons who you know, hasn't watched it in 20 years. Oh, yeah, I know the one of the snakes. Yeah, and Barry White and whatnot. Yeah. It's just so absurd that it's memorable. It's not necessarily the best, but it's just so memorable. I was about to say, and I thought this might be a controversial opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, where did that come from? <laughs> Controversial opinion. Um, yeah, Wacky Day is fine, but yeah, not that great. It's really, it's really enjoyable. It's, I think this is one of those episodes where people go because they just know so much about it and it's got so many quotable moments. Like, oh, it's a classic. I mean, I guess you could consider it a classic. It depends what your criteria is for classic. Yeah. But we've definitely reviewed some other classic episodes from this era that have been way funnier. Yes, it's weird in the sense that. It's only like the last portion of the episode that's actually about Whacking Day. You forget that it's actually got the B-plot of Bart with the uh, homeschooling, which I actually yeah. really enjoyed and wish there was more of. I was really enjoying that. It it was good. And yeah, you're right. It felt like it should have been explored more. I think that you could have had a whole episode about that. It, yeah, because this episode, because it's called Whacking Day, you think, oh, yeah, it's about snakes and whacking snakes and you know Lisa's campaign to stop people whacking snakes with the help of Barry White. Yeah, but... The bulk of it, or a lot of it, is about Bart discovering a, an appreciation and maybe even aptitude for learning um, under the guidance of Marge. And I, yeah, it, we like Marge as as uh, listeners of the show will, yeah. will, will know. We like it when you know she gets fired up or, or excited about something, which she does here clearly. Yeah, I almost wish <laughs> that yeah there was more focus on that and maybe less on the snakes but then when you look at the composition of the episode and what's what in it's like i don't know um, it, it feels like it has the right uh, amount of different elements in it but for some reason people focus more on the snakes and less on the uh homeschooling part but this is the thing i got into this episode and went i forgot this this episode had a character transformation for bart he is a better kid he's learning well he's he's actually you know as you said he's He's enjoying learning now. He's never, yeah, he's never and done actually that. puts it to good use yeah, as well. Yeah, exactly. So he helps save the day. And then Skinner's like, oh, you can come back to school now. And I'm like, no, don't go back to school. You're, you're doing yeah. well. Stay, stay a, keep doing this. That's a shit environment. <laughs> yeah. Stay in the garage with Marge. Yes. Stay in Marge's garage. We'll give Marge something to do. She'll enjoy having a son around. She was, she was clearly enjoying being his teacher, despite the fact he was a bit of a rascal from time to time. But she was helping him learn. I thought, that's a bit sad. She should have stayed at home. 
This was not a happy ending. (laughs) (laughs) Happy ending for the snakes, of course. Did you know that this episode actually inspired the Australian Toad Day Out? (laughs) It's funny. We have written that down as well. I've written that down here. Uh, Toad Day Out in northern Queensland, instituted in 2009, where... Mm. Thousands of cane toads, which are apparently are they poisonous, or but they're certainly noxious. They're not good for the environment. They are or, very bad to the uh, like the farmers the, the, yeah. eating all the crops and stuff like they, that. They kind of suck. Yeah, they, they fuck up the <laughs> they fuck up the ecosystem. Yeah. They they do indeed. They are rounded up and um, according to Wikipedia, humanely destroyed. I, I think it's just they gas them. I think. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I've heard stories of of because I, I I obviously. The idea of killing something is just not something that really appeals to me at all. But I've got you people who kill my hopes and dreams on the regular, Dando. Unless <laughs> someone who lives in Queensland, they're like, "Oh yeah, fucking cane toad, you just kill them." I'm like, "What? You guys are animals." <laughs> but apparently, they really fuck up the ecosystem up there. Yeah, no, I'm much the same thing. I mean, I've I've, re- I've reached the stage where if I've even got like a huntsman in the house, and I've I've said this on the show in the past, if there's a huntsman in the house, I'm like, well, just, as long as you're not crawling on, yeah, if you're not crawling on my face in my sleep. You know, you you do you, dude. You're staying up in the um or or she. I yeah. think a lot of huntsmen are actually she because you know it's 2022 and gender doesn't matter. <laughs> Except you just call it a she. <laughs> They're they. up in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, eh, you're probably going to eat a mosquito or two, or yeah, I'm not going to bother you. You don't bother me. Let's coexist peacefully. I actually watched a huntsman kill a fly the other day. I and I, like I'd never seen this before, so I just hear like this. And a fly had just uh, flown into a cobweb in the window. I'm looking over it and I'm like, Am I going to have to fucking help you out, buddy? And as I sort of like get out of my chair to look at it, this spider just goes, like, like crumb, comes out from a gap oh. in, the, in the window and just goes, like, clings, like, sticks its legs onto it. And the fly just goes, and it was just gone. I was like, Oh my. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> I was like, Ruthless. <laughs> you, I must admit, you, I think you have won the sympathy slash empathy stakes when it comes to our non-human friends because the fly is still the one that I will absolutely swat. Oh, I will spray flies now. Nicola's brought that that animalistic side out of me. I'm like, I used to like just shoo them away. Nic- Nicola's like, no, kill them. But the only spiders I will kill is whitetails because they could actually kill my children. That's true. <laughs> All right, moving on from uh, deadly spiders. <laughs> Barry White in this episode, absolutely amazing. Barry White. No, I can't do it. Who can do it? Barry no White. No one except Barry White. Nothing like Barry. It. Barry. Yeah, I can't. I can't even get that deep. But he, um, he actually sang the song specifically for this episode. He wanted to be a guest star on the show, and he can really tell because he's just he can he can his enthusiasm comes through on the show, and it, it was a really good use of a guest star. It was just so fucking wacky. It was it was so bizarre, but it was it's so memorable. As I said, because it's so bizarre, it makes it memorable. It's great that they realized. Okay, well, we've got Barry White. It's not just a matter of, hey, I'm Barry White. Don't leave the sexy snakes alone. It's more like, how can we use this man's... Voice. uh, Yeah. (laughs) Basso profundo voice. And it's like, oh, okay, yeah, vibrations. Mm, Yeah, really good idea. So, yeah, Barry White, a guest star, used extraordinarily well. I think um, there are certain articles or certain people who say, Barry White, among the top five musical guests ever on The Simpsons, I'm inclined to agree. I really loved how that when I was sitting in the lounge room and Barry's just walking down the street singing his own song. Can't good enough for your love, baby. Love, baby. He's just like singing his own song down the street. <laughs> I must admit, though, it's a little disconcerting when Lisa asks for help. And he's going to say, anything. For, for Lily. Lily. Like, oh, oh, Barry. <laughs> uh, uh, this episode actually did have a lot of themes. It actually you know, it tackled the educational system. It tackled mm-hmm. animal rights. It tackled greed. It tackled politics. It tackled mob mentality. There's a lot to this episode. It tackled them, but did it sort of tackle them to the ground? Or was it more kind of like... It referenced it them. was Yeah, I don't think it's more like tackling. It's more like touch football. Qu- Qu- <laughs> Quimby was quite funny in this. I love Quimby in this, but I love Quimby in general. <laughs> How great was the... Beautiful. <laughs> Got the pre-wax snakes. <laughs> but... <laughs> You're right about the mob mentality thing, though. I mean, that's the the funniest part of the episode. Just the very you people disgust me or whatever. Hey, he's right. Give us hell, Quimby. Give us hell. <laughs> that just cracked me up. I thought that was so funny. Uh, give us hell, Quimby. 
This episode was actually nominated for a Genesis Award for Best Television Primetime Animated Series in 1994 for consciousness raising on behalf of animal issues. Well, it's true. I mean, apparently it was uh, inspired. Was it George Meyer who, he, I think he handed it over to Schwartzwell? Yeah, yeah. It, I think, it, I believe it was George Meyer. Yeah, but it, it was, was George Meyer because I, th- I think he grew up in Texas or he spent time in Texas and apparently they just go out and beat the shit out of Rattlers. It, it was George Meyer, yeah. Very animal conscious, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. the annual ritual held in Texan town where the townspeople would beat rattlesnakes with sticks. Hmm. So, whacking day, an actual thing. Yeah, not good at all, though. Not good, not a fan. Are you are you scared of snakes? No, I wouldn't say I'm scared. I'm more scared hmm. of spiders. I'm scared of things that, when they move, they go, it's just legs going... It's just it's the idea of all these <laughs> legs just coming towards legs, you, you know? Yeah. Because that's the thing. I mean, I've never had a snake, like, come towards you. I've know, had a snake chase me, me, and that was quite scary. I imagine that would because you know we're socially programmed to be like, yeah, yeah, it's not good to have a snake after you, and they're fucking fast too. Well, that's the thing, but I think the thing I I tend to keep in mind is like, well, yeah, I don't think the snake wants to eat me unless it's the anaconda from the motion picture anaconda. <laughs> um, so generally, snakes just want to be left alone. I think they just want to sort of like you know, same with spiders, time in the sun, and you know, occasionally eat like a a rat. Yeah. Or something like that, but they're not going to, you know, give guy any grief. So guys, not going to give the, sp- the the snake any grief. I mean, I don't like killing the white tails, but I'm just I always look at them and go, look, buddy, you just made the wrong decision coming into my house. You just yeah. if you just stayed outside, I wouldn't mind. But you can't be in here. I've got children. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could not believe I completely forgot that you actually see a snake get shot in this. Oh, that when the gentlemen's club are walking down as part of whacking day, they literally shoot a snake and blow it up into a million pieces. You see, it just go and just explode. I was like the fuck i think as human beings as warm-blooded mammals we are able to look at things like snakes who are cold-blooded reptiles with a bit of distance it's why i've got a theory about this stay with me Mm -hmm. you know how you've got so many monster movies about you know the really cheap ones like boa versus python or you know piranaconda or something like that they're usually about reptiles giant reptiles i mean they i think they've done one or two about ah oh, we genetically modified like a we brought back a saber-toothed tiger and now it's run amok it's like you know that's like a big cat yeah it's because it's <laughs> you, know? you know it's because fish like, like things from underwater and snakes they don't really make a sound so they don't like when, when they're like in pain you don't really particularly fish it, some people just can't sort of understand that they do have mm. feelings and emotions because they don't really make a sound they don't cry like if you stab a fish it doesn't go ah like mm. so, people have no issue. That people who are, anim- who are cruel to animals have no issue being cruel to fish because they don't seem to sort of respond to it. But if you stab a cat, it's going to scream out in, in pain. And it's just like, oh. So I feel like when you're watching those movies, they're like, oh, those things don't have feelings. They don't have emotions. Did I have I told you the story the other day? Are you about- stabbing a fish? <laughs> <laughs> well, that happens so often it doesn't really count. Yeah. <laughs> but I told you the story about how the lovely Louise's mother's cat was basically on its last legs and Lou and I had to take the cat to the vet to um, usher it into the... Um, hey, get out. Speaking of cats, Basie's... I don't Basie's, like this story. <laughs> Basie's here and just clawed my thigh. Get out of here, buddy. Okay. Um, but, yeah, we had to take Roland the cat uh, to the vet to usher it, it into the, yep. the next world. And Am I going to want to hear this story? Is this going to be a depressing story? It, it's not a happy ending for the cat, although the cat is now frolicking in the green fields of Elysium, you okay. might say. Yeah. But on the way, it was meowing, but it didn't sound like meow. It more it sounded more like meow. Like it was angry. No, no, that's just the that's just meow. It makes it always okay. makes yep, that yep, meow. Yeah, yep. yeah. So it's like, oh dear, the poor thing. Um, and yes, then. The decision was made. It's like, eh, not a lot of quality of life and not a lot of quantity left either, buddy. So off you go across the Rainbow Bridge. Did you? Yeah. Were you there with it when it was? Yes. Euthanized? Yeah. I think it's important. You got to be there with the pet. You certainly do. Don't don't be one of those owners that just goes, oh, I can't be there because it make me too sad. It's like, no, motherfucker, this is your part of your family. They don't want to be killed by themselves. That is very correct. Yes, that is um, a hill that I will die on. Except. Not me, the cat will. Enough of the sad stories. Yes, Some indeed. positive stories. Day. Let's discuss our favourite moments of Whacking Day. Hey, my favourite. So I'll kick off. So I just loved how excited and committed Marge was about tutoring Bart. I bought a bell. <laughs> 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 and just like, when she says, my name is Mrs. Simpson and giggles. I was like, this is so 
so uh what's the term wholesome <laughs> just it's very pure very yeah. wholesome indeed that was lovely um well it's funny you mentioned that because my favorite moments also involve marge but in a different way yeah perhaps a less wholesome way well, because I, I, loved- I also had the the uh, which you're about to say i'm assuming continue i just loved how <laughs> turned on she was by yeah. backing <laughs> and justifiably so because the show always plays fast and loose with what Homer can actually do physically. Often he's a sloth. Like, um, but, you know, when Whacking Day comes around, or the prep for Whacking Day, all of a sudden he's turned into Jackie Chan. Yeah. You know, and I found that quite funny. I <laughs> so, loved how um, every time he swung the bat, he said whack, 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 whack. whack, whack. <laughs> <laughs> who was it? I think it was Austin Powers who used to karate chop. <laughs> Which, yeah, I'm not a huge Austin Powers fan, but that's pretty funny. Um, yeah, but I, I think my favourite part of this overall was, uh, in, a, in, in addition to the aforementioned, give us hell, Quimby, which I'll never stop laughing at. Yeah, just slow and fast. <laughs> you know, all that stuff. Yeah, Marge's... Uh, Naughty side. Yeah. <laughs> Marge getting all fired up by Whacking Day. Yep. Yeah. Okay by me. And of course, there's a very, very, there's another very, very funny bit in this episode, but we'll get to that when we get to that. Alrighty. Uh, yes. But before then, it's time for some trivia. Next question. You there, eating the paste. How many questions have you got, Dando? Because uh, I've, I've got, got several. Oh, because I've got four. Wait, All right. Three. three. All right. No. I'll, I'll pick. What are you doing? No, four. Four. Got four. <laughs> <laughs> My first question is the room that they get sent to for the bikes. Is that your first question? I've got three. Okay, well, I'll go to my next one then. (laughs) The answer is civil defense shelter. Oh, is it? Uh, uh, Utility basement B. But on the door, it says civil defense shelter. Okay. Uh, My next question is, what is inside this defense shelter? What did the boxes say? Oh, I want to say cornflakes. Crackers, drinking water, blankets, and chemical toilet. Oh, it's... My, my first question to you, Dando. Mm. Uh, when will the elementary school uh, system only have two R's? In what month? No idea. It, it's two R's come October. October. I knew, there was, I knew they mentioned it. I couldn't remember. My next question is, who wrote the book uh, that Bart was reading at the end? <laughs> I've got two questions. <laughs> uh, it was Bob Woodward mm. who wrote The Truth About Whacking Day. Current associate editor of the Washington Post, acclaimed journalist. Indeed. one of He, he co-broke Watergate with uh, um, Bernstein, with Carl okay. Bernstein. Yep. Uh, how many dead snakes in Quimby's briefcase? Ooh, six. Try double that. Twelve. Wow, we Ruthless. <laughs> yes, indeed. My final question is, what location did Grandpa do the burlesque show? It, was it Munich? Dusseldorf. Dusseldorf. Okay. I love, I I've always loved the, das ist not einer Bubi. <laughs> <laughs> Only the Simpsons could get away with Hitler saying this. I know, that that's not bad. But when I was thinking about, you know, oh, this episode isn't re- doesn't really hit the heights, I remember I somehow had the idea that a lot of people thought Grandpa Simpson in drag was singing, won't you come home for our brucha or whatever. Hmm was like the height of comedy. And I was watching her and I don't know if I think this is all that funny. No, that's the funny part is the fucking Hitler. I always just love how when they do Hitler, they always have a combination of English and German, just so you can understand like, ah, das phone ist eine nuisance phone. (laughs) (laughs) And, and, you know, anything with Germans is funny as, you know, about... A little one. (laughs) (laughs) Or, you know, they're fun boys, get the room. That is amazing, yes. All right, well, let's get into our review of Whacking Day. We've already done the, the air dates. I'll just say it one more time. The original air date was April 29th, 1993. So the episode kicks off with, uh, we're at the school. Did you notice? Don't, got the don't old... forget the... Uh, oh, the chopper. Yes, of course. Yes, yes, yes. All right, so... The chalkboard gag was, I will return the seeing eye dog, and the catch gag is, the Simpsons walk in while the couch is replaced by a small wooden chair they all try to cram onto. All right, so, as I said, directed by Jeff Lynch, written by Schwarzwelder, kicks off at the school. Now, did you notice that the old purple exterior was used for this? And when they were inside as well, the walls were purple. So, in the first season of The Simpsons, the school was purple. For some reason in this, the school was purple again. Gosh, I mean, I didn't... 
My eyes didn't notice it, but I imagine my brain did. Mm, yeah, it's kind of strange. But Skinner says that Chalmers is coming. This is the first time we ever see Principal uh, Skinner's nemesis, Superintendent Chalmers. Indeed, created by my man Wally Wolodarski, apparently. Mm. Uh, and Bart's desk is just a mess. You know, he's got the seagulls. But he <laughs> says it, Skinner has a ploy to get rid of the uh, the naughty kids. The following kids have won mountain bikes. And it's Bart, Jimbo. Uh, Jimbo's stealing the speaker. Nelson's filling Millhouse's shirt full of, uh, full of leaves. But he- <laughs> that, made, that made me laugh a lot for some reason. I, I can't remember if I ever got my shirt filled with crud or I may have in, participated in filling someone else's shirt with crud. All in good fun, mind you. Uh, but yeah, it was giving me like a very vivid flashback. It's like, oh yeah, I remember sort of, oh, there's only a minute left of recess and my shirt's full of old leaves and shit. I can't go to, you know, English lit like this. On another topic, the following students have won mountain bikes. Bart Simpson, Jimbo Jones, Nelson Muntz. I want you to keep filling your shirt with crud till I get back. Yes, sir. You may pick your bikes up in Utility Basement B. Fools. <laughs> Oops. Still on. Hey, what do you think he meant by that fool's remark? Ah, who cares? Time to get me a mountain bike. That was actually a great aspect to this story is even though they've been left in this room forever, they still think they're going to get mountain bikes. <laughs> but Nelson doesn't care. They go into the room. Skinner is behind them. Sorry for the ruse, gentlemen. A little sneaky comes down behind. Uh, he's basically saying, you know, he should sweep them under the rug for the visit and he locks them into the um, in the utility closet. Willie in this was also quite funny. Uh, that's the thing. I, I wasn't that mad on Willie. You weren't? I'm, I'm, I'm coming to terms with the fact that Willie doesn't really do it for me all that much. Okay. The later seasons, Willie is nowhere near as funny. The lines they're giving him, I just don't think are all that funny. Like the thing, nah, but the PTA will have your ass. I'm like, mm, I guess. Would the world judge me harshly if I threw away the key? No, but the PTA would tear you a new arse. Wise counsel, William. But the potty talk adds nothing. Hey, sir. Your butt taking underpants wearing lily hugger. Chalmers then arrives. And Skinner pretends he wasn't aware. Oh, Superintendent Chalmers, welcome. And... <laughs> What's I feel kind of sad for Skinner here because he almost got a good uh, visit, mm. didn't he? he? Almost got away with it. So everything was it, the, the way he was covering everything up. The what's a battle? Well, that could just <laughs> say what's a battle, and he's like rubbing Ralph's head. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> you just you just shut your mouth, young man. Pronounces <laughs> bees like ours, huh? It was almost like the um the brainchild of the steamed hams moment here, where they're just like having a conversation, like so you're seeing this, yeah. Apparently. <laughs> I don't know how much uh, veracity this has, but apparently a lot of the stuff between uh, Chalmers and, and, and Skinner was ad-libbed. Yeah. yeah. A lot, a lot of that came on the fly, um, Harry Shearer and Hank Azaria. Uh, it's always a children's fault, isn't it, Seymour? Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> he offers him a jello brick. Oh, I'm not Got a grape of, in it. Yes, yeah, <laughs> not made of stone. <laughs> laugh, said, the, the old fake laugh is great. <laughs> Then we get the, the the bullies. They're in the um. They're still watching the room. And Bart sees that that, that vent. And he suggests, you know, I can fit in that vent. I can get out. They're they're all friends of him now. Indeed. Before we go, a, a shout out to my friend Anthony, who will occasionally drop kids using their lunch money for food. <laughs> <laughs> he just, he just thinks it's a really hilarious line. It is because he thinks it's hilarious. I think it's hilarious. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it's really good. But they they throw the rock at Bart, and I was like. You know what? You guys get what you deserve being locked in this room, being a dick to Bart. He's helping you here. Indeed. Uh, Willie sees his tractor. Well, he really loves his tractor. You know, but mm-hmm. it was kind of odd, though. He's like, it's against God's law, I'd marry you. I was like, eh, it's a bit weird. That's the, okay, we're not on the same page today, Dan, because that's probably the one Willie bit that I think is not unfunny. Well, he says he'd fuck a tractor. <laughs> marry it. Oh, okay. It's, it's love. <laughs> Why else do you marry somebody, though? <laughs> Companionship. <laughs> Ta- tax breaks. Were it not a violation of God's law, I'd make you my wife. Now there's a lonely man. I'm new in town. Be there a cool lock where a lass could wash her long red hair. Nay, but there's a pool at my apartment complex. There was a rat in the deep end. But we got him! Ah, lead on! Then Chalmers is counting all the stars. This is where we, we get Ralph. So he's counting all the stars. It's all up to shape. 
and uh, picks. He wants to ask uh, a question. He picks Lisa at random, but then what's the battle? <laughs> That's just the, the response from Skinner is just amazing here. Bart escapes though, and he's about to leave, but he just can't resist Willie's tractor. That's just been left on because Willie was distracted with with the lady. I love its voice. Yeah, come on, Bart, ride me. He's insulting both of us. <laughs> loses control immediately we see Chalmers taste the sand not a trace of urine and the tractor arrives it was a cool visual that just seen Bart arrive in the tractor behind him like oh you're fucked mate you're absolutely fucked <laughs> where there's no smoke there's no fire what an odd thing to see <laughs> but the he sees a 50 cent piece on the ground bends over to pick it up tractor bang pow hits him Chalmers is getting st- uh, stitches in his buttocks mm-hmm. and uh, he was thinking of promoting Skinner but now he's going to give it to Holloway oh what does he, he calls him something? He goes, and a peel popper. <laughs> <laughs> Skinner, though, he says, that's enough. I cannot do this anymore. No more punishments. You are now expelled from Springfield Elementary. And the tractor laughs at Bart until its lid comes off. Did you ever have any mates who were expelled from school? Expelled? Not mates. I definitely knew. I, they were like associates that got expelled. Uh, one of them was the, the, the teacher. He glued the teacher to the chair. I've told you that story. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. And... The other one was, what was it? Ah, oh, throwing a brick through the teacher's car window. Wow. Mm. That'll do it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> because he, um, because the teacher made him pick up. So we used to have a teacher walk around school, Mr. Warland, absolute legend. But he'd go, give me 50 papers if you're being naughty. And he, that means go outside and pick up 50 paper, bits of rubbish and put them in the bin. So like... He's punishing kids, but he's also cleaning the environment at the same time. Like method to his madness, absolute yeah, genius, right? Two birds, one stone. Exactly. So this kid didn't want to. He was annoyed that he had to pick up papers, so he picked up some papers and then picked up a brick and threw it through the teacher's window. Wow! Not realizing yeah. that it wasn't Mister Wallen's car. Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know we're not allowed to use this term because <laughs> we talked about it on another. Don't episode. say it. <laughs> what a. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No. 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 Feel free to bleep that out. Actually, it'd be funny if you bleep that. <laughs> we come back and it's got Ion Springfield. The Munchkins, where are they now? <laughs> it visits a nudist camp for animals. Did you see the horses? <laughs> <laughs> and then we get the report on Whacking Day. Classic Nixon here. Uh, is Whacking Day over? He used to always try and do media and seem cool, but just fuck it up and not have any idea what he's oh, doing. Oh, yeah. Hover then asked how school was. Lisa learned how many dreams. My favourite of all. I would like to express my affection for that particular uh, beer. The man never drank a duff in his life. <laughs> Homer asks, how was school? Lisa says she learned how many drams in her penny weight. Bart says he got expelled. Belt. Bart says, no, don't worry, Dad. I'm, I'm going to be a boot black. Shove in your boots, Governor. No, no kid of mine is going to be doing that. Homer says, we're going to have to find you another school. And he goes to the, the Christian school where they put the fun in fundamentalist dogma. And we get a, a line here. So Bart sings Beans, Beans, and Musical Fruit, which I still sing to this day, right? Hmm. Nicola, though, they don't sing Beans, Beans, and Musical Fruit in England. No, no, no. They What's their version? Beans, Beans, Good for Your Heart. Oh, yeah. The more you eat, the more you yeah, fart. The I'd, fart. Never, I'd never heard that until I met Nicola. I think that's the one I had heard. Okay. This one's far more PG. It is. <laughs> to, I, I would American much rather version. Elliot say I tooted than I farted because we're walking around. Elliot says tooted, right? We're walking mm-hmm. around Big W about a month ago. And we're just looking at toys. And we just hear from like two aisles over. I farted. <laughs> <laughs> and, and follow up with the shh. It's like, what? I farted. It's just like the word fart. It's just, it's not a bad word, but it just sounds bad. It, I farted. It, it, it sounds like the thing that it does. Fart. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Who thought, of the word fart? Who thought of the word fart? I don't know. But it's, I think it's as old, not as old as time. No. But I, I believe I think it was back in like the Canterbury Tales, back in like the 16th century or something. I like when, I like when Marge is trying to come up with names for Bart. She's like, what about Larry? No, call him Larry Fairy. What about Bart? <laughs> Dart. Mart. It. Yeah. That checks out. <laughs> what, does he go A, B? He doesn't say fart. But he's cart. Like, dart. Yeah. Yart. Checks out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> our, our terminology in the Davis household when I was growing up was popped mm-hmm. off. Popped off, yeah, I popped off. Yeah, popped off and tooted, they, we say. Yeah. Except I think it's become <laughs> slang for shooting someone. Oh, my. I'll pop, yeah, like, I'll, I'll pop you. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Yep, you're right. Here's so another one. Got popped, so it's all got popped off and I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> Here's another one. What was your name for downstairs when you were a kid? Oh, you mean your parts pieces? Yeah. 
Because it seems mm. like everyone has their own name for it. That's a really good question. I used to say Tommy. Oh, you mean like a... Do you mean like an actual nickname or like a euphemism for penis? Well, that's what I called. Rather than say my Willie, I, I said my Tommy. I don't know why. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can't recall, in all honesty. I don't think... I, I can't recall ever having to say to Bob and Margaret, me dick hurts. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would probably get Just all clean and say, I've got a problem with my penis. <laughs> well, you were very proper, weren't you? That's how they taught you in boarding school. <laughs> yeah, that happened. Now, when you have a pain in the penis, this is how you... <laughs> <laughs> when you, you get all Mary Poppins. When you've got a problem with your penis. <laughs> <laughs> what has happened to this episode? <laughs> it's, not, it's not that interesting. This is far more fun. Okay, back, back, back to Ken Brockman and. Um, well, he's been he's been kicked out of school. He's been kicked out of school. Singing about musical musical fruits, and that's that, correct. I remember that was yes. always used on on the um on the commercial. No problemo. Now, Bart, uh, since you're new here, perhaps you'd favor us with a psalm. How about beans? Beans, the musical fruit. Well. Uh, Beans were a staple of the Israelites. Yes, proceed. <clears throat> beans, beans, the musical fruit. The more you eat, the more you toot. <laughs> Avert your eyes, children. He may take on other farms. <laughs> but then su- suggests uh, he become a drink tester. <laughs> this is where Marge then says that she'll teach him. I'm like, oh, it's going to end badly. But no, it actually is a really great thing that happened and they ruined it by going back to school. But anyway, Lisa is sad about Whacking Day and we get one of the most iconic moments of all time, the I Am Evil Homer. Yes, one of my favourite moments, but yes, I knew we were going to talk about it a little more. Is it that funny though? This is the thing. I think it just came out of nowhere. For me, I mean, maybe it's just a a satanic thing going on, but for me it was sort of like devil's advocate. Yep. It's just like, I didn't see this coming and... (laughs) I don't know. Homer in a in a tightly in a snug devil outfit doing I am evil with miraculous. I am evil. Yeah, <laughs> perfect storm of elements that just you know. Oh, I just loved I am evil. Homer. I remember it cracking me the hell up. I think it's also just for me. I think it's just one of those moments where it's so memorable. So it's one of those things where you can just quote and everyone goes, "Oh yeah, Simpsons." It was just one of. The, it's not kind of like the everything's coming at Millhouse. I don't, I don't necessarily find all that yeah. funny, but it's just everyone can quote it. And it kind of, yeah, you can kind of, it's a bit of a plug and play thing. You can slot it into not any situation, but, you know, you're doing something bad and probably getting away with it. I am evil Homer. Or you tend, I am evil Dando. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know who else uh, thinks I am evil Homer is pretty good? Matt Groening. He sure does. That's one of his favourite moments, right? He is indeed. And I, who are you to disagree with Matt Groening? So we're now, uh, the kids are in the lounge room. Lisa's going to school, but he's going to make the best of, it, of this situation. And I like that the little, he stretches out and he wriggles his toes. It's like, mm. Mm. Little, little, little details like that look, looked funny. Marjan says, get ready. I bought a bell. <laughs> I just love how happy she was that she bought a bell. We're now in the garage. The bell scares them both. I'm unplugging that. She then giggles at her own name. The fake fart, the play in the hair. I didn't do it. It's simple, but it works. It does. <laughs> then we get the, uh, the guest speaker, who is grandpa. I mean, who else is you going to get on, on late notice? Yeah, it's either that or Flanders for religious instruction. I got separated from my platoon after we parachuted into Dusseldorf. So I rode out the war posing as a German cabaret singer. Won't you come home, Franz Brauder? Won't you come home? Yoo-hoo! <laughs> Ach du lieber, das ist not einer Bubi. Is that story true, Grandpa? Well, most of it. I did wear a dress for a period in the 40s. Oh, they had designers then. Not going to lie, I was also a big fan of Homer driving into the uh, the classroom and almost hitting Bart twice. <laughs> He's been <laughs> the first time. Not a bad recurring gag, actually. Yeah, yeah, this is the first time. Uh, nearly hits him. Homer then reveals his whacking stick, one of the more iconic moments from the episode here. Lisa leaves in just sheer disgust. <laughs> <laughs> but as you were saying earlier, Marge just turned on. I love the whack, whack, whack. Woo, 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 woo. <laughs> Look what I got, Marge. A new whacking stick. Whack. Oh, excuse me. Whack, whack, whack. Whoa, whoa, whoa. 
it is no wonder that Homer enjoys whacking day, I think, because you know, it it reinforces his kind of sexual potency with Marge. Makes him he, feel like a big man. It does make him feel like a big man. I mean, he, he becomes a whole new person. You know, he develops a, a a very specific set of skills. Yeah. Meanwhile, Marge then gives Bart Johnny Tremaine, but as Bart says, should be called Johnny Deformed. Well, yeah, but when you find out what he what does Johnny Tremaine learn? Just his hand. Yeah, he goes to war. Goes to war, and his hand gets deformed in an accident. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Johnny deformed. We then get the Oliver Stone itchy and scratchy, which I thought you might have appreciated. I did indeed. Mm. Yeah, it's a nice uh, shout out to uh, Mr. Stone's JFK. Yes, uh, which I still haven't watched, but I've heard it's really awesome. Just, uh, just it's a lot of talking though. Just a lot of it's a lot of talking, but yeah. the talk is all good. Yeah, yeah just a lot. Of, just very dialogue driven, isn't it? Very much anyway. so, but uh, yeah, you'll come out of it a different person than the one you went in as. Will you come out of Conspiracy Theorists? That's a good question, because I haven't watched it in a great many years, but now Conspiracy yeah. Theories are about as contagious as COVID. So <laughs> watching something like this could almost be like uh, not taking your booster, because it's, yeah, it's all, hmm, yes, what if this happened? And I mean, there's one bit with Donald Sutherland, who's kind of explaining how everything's connected. And it's basically like a five or six minute monologue of him just going on, then this happened, then this happened, it's connected to this and that and that. At the end of it, you just kind of go, what the fuck? This is actually quite a pivotal moment for just the Bart character in general, because there's a really, oh, I wouldn't say funny, but just there's an itchy and scratchy cartoon on the TV, and Bart is usually enthralled with itchy and scratchy, but rather than sit there and watch itchy and scratchy, he continues reading his book. Because he's enthralled by the book that Marge has given him, Johnny Tremaine. And it's just nice to see that Marge is getting through to him. All the teachers at school know can get through to him, but his mum is getting through to him. She knows she understands her boy and she's figured out how to get through to him. And yeah, it's just it's just, it's a nice little side story we had here, which I wish got more uh, in the in the episode. I feel like you could base an entire episode around Bart homeschooling with Marge. I think if you Absolutely. really wanted to, you could have fleshed it out. Yeah. Marge suggests they go on a field trip to the old Springfield. And they take Homer's car. I've got, I've got here Homer's car. What was Homer's car? Oh, Homer comes in with the car again. Nearly hits him, of course. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> then we get Lisa watching Homer training. This is what you were discussing earlier. These very Bruce Lee-esque moves. Very um, Tekken. I used to play Tekken <laughs> fighting game. Mortal Kombat-esque. Just flipping around and... Hoi, 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 hoi. <laughs> Does he have to make the kung fu sounds? <laughs> I think you do. When it's out of respect to the masters. I feel like when you're using nunchuck, you have to go... Hi-oh. I don't know why you have to do that, but you just do. Oh, <laughs> we, we've all got a little Bruce Lee in us. Hi-oh. Hi-oh. Yep. She asks Homer, though, is it, I, I'm against Whacking Day, but everyone is for it. Is there something wrong with me? Yes, honey, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, what, 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 what do I do? He's like, you just you build that rage up into a ball and release it at the appropriate time. Like the day I hit the ref with the whiskey bottle. Remember the day when Daddy hit the referee? <laughs> <laughs> We're now at Yold Springfield Town. They're taking interviews for the village idiot, but the guy he's too he's too uh, upper class. They want more of a da da idiot, not a not a, <laughs> a critically acclaimed idiot. idiot. Hello, Barney. Are you playing the town drunk? Actually, I'm supposed to be the governor. The enemy surrounded the fort and said that if the captain was sent out, the rest would be spared. What did they do? They sent him out. Was he killed? And how? That's why they call it. Fort Sensible. We then get the slideshow of Jebediah. Another moment here that sort of shows that Bart is learning things. He's like, wait a minute, that's not how history says it went down. And it's like, he's going to blow the whole deal. Get him out of here. <laughs> <laughs> it really is very, moving is not the right word, but it's kind of inspirational. That Bart is actually... Yeah, that Bart's becoming a bit of a learner. Yes. It's, it's, and it's one of those moments, one of those stories that never gets really discussed because it gets so forgotten because of the whacking day scenario. Yeah. Everyone just remembers this for the Barry White and the, the, snake, the snake whacking, but this story here is great, and it, I just think, I think it deserves more love. It's, um, it's a shame that they didn't continue with it, but I just, I just love that how he's like calling out the, the bullshit about Jebediah. It's almost like a, um, a setup for the episode, Lisa the Iconic Class, oh, where yeah. she finds that Jebediah Springfield was actually a pirate. With the voice work by... Donald who? Sutherland. It's all connected, I told you. Conspiracy theories, man. So then Bart gets escorted out, but as he's getting escorted out, the squeaky voice team suggests buying some books in the gift shop. 
Apu then has a little uh, campaign going, a little, little competition in, in his store. He's hidden the snake somewhere, and the first person to find it gets a free squishy. We didn't think that went out very well. <laughs> then the police are practicing. Right, aim for the head or whatever. <laughs> Shoot the light out. <laughs> oh, <dear. laughs> then the Reverend lies. I love it when Reverend, bu- Reverend bullshits just to sort of cover his own story. So it's like, you know, God wanted a whacking day. Let me read that. No. <laughs> well, we talked about this a bit recently in um, when we talked about Tis the 15th. Yeah, with you the know, Reverend, how, yep. how, you know, the Simpsons will often pay respect to Ned's faith, even, but yep. occasionally sort of poke fun at it and tweak it a little bit. They don't disrespect Reverend Lovejoy, but I think they realise that he's in the ch- the pocket of big church a little more, or big religion. It's not purely for the love of it anymore. He needs to make that, that sweet, sweet dollar. He does indeed. And mm. you know, there's a lot of money in that sweet religion. So it's now Whacking Day. It is upon us and, oh, Whacking Day, oh, Whacking Day. Homer's got his own car park going in his car. I feel so sorry for the guy. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that, that guy thinks he's got a real bargain. I know the guy thinks he's got a bargain. He hasn't. <laughs> it's just yeah, that, that there is a classic Swartzwater gag, don't you reckon? Oh, absolutely. But uh, what I said earlier about, you know, no wonder Homer likes Whacking Day. Yeah, everything's sort of coming up Homer. You it know, it really becomes is, more yeah. virile and also makes a bit of a windfall. Barney thinks he's seeing snakes. Are you getting ready for Whacking Day? What's Whacking Day? Whacking Day. Oh. Then Quimby with the pre wax snakes. Did you bring the pre wax snakes? Beautiful. Homer then asks Marge, what does he ask her, Mr. Davis? Should I whack slow or fast? <laughs> slow, then fast. something i've noticed and this is all very pre-emoji so i doubt it's a it's it's just a coincidence Mm -hmm. but homer's whacking stick looks a little bit like the eggplant emoji which is aka the dick emoji what's the um the sex sort of with with the hand gestures it's the okay with the finger point isn't it doesn't that mean doesn't that mean sex (laughs) (laughs) is the way i do it Lisa begs to Homer, please don't do this. And Homer tries to justify, maybe if I'm part of the mob, I can steer them in wise directions. By the way, where's my foam cowboy hat now on? <laughs> He's so happy. Hey. <laughs> but just that face. I mean, I'm pretty sure that's become a meme as well. Yeah, yeah, the- yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Quimby is then doing the grand opening and all the snakes are watching all concerned. An intro to Larry White. And now to open this year's festivities... Here's our Grand Marshal, the Prophet of Love, Larry White. Barry White. No, it says here Larry White. I know my own name. Yeah? Well, we'll see. Ladies and gentlemen, my unlimited love to y'all. It's truly an honor to be here at this... Hey, what is this all about anyway? Oh, God, no. You people make me sick. Were they even listening to me? I uh, don't think so. People weren't listening to him at all, though, were they? No, Barry White's normally pretty convincing, especially when it comes to things getting horizontal. But not in this case. No. no. It, it, the, the fever of Whacking Day has just got him. It's the kind of guess, these kind of things, the kind of guess you get like a Paco Festa, you know, like a Channel 7 Home and Away stars. And like, <laughs> they, they say, check out all these celebrities. And I'm like, are they really celebrities? <laughs> Oh. I'll, I'll, I will say, though, I still do have somewhere my signed John Wood in his police chief outfit. From oh, from Festa. Yeah, from like Paco Festa from like 2000 or something. <laughs> I, rec- I recall a few years ago, uh, my other podcasting pal, yep. uh, Charlie Clawson, who used to be on Home and Away, and I've occasionally appeared on his podcast talking movies about, and, you know, big upping four-finger discount while I'm there. He came down for Paco Festa one year. I need to ask him about what he thought of it next time I'm on his show. What's the um, what's the podcast called? Uh, it's called Fofop. Because Fofop, yes. There's Tofop that he does mm-hmm. with Will Anderson, and Charlie has his side one, Fofop. What did has- you discuss on this episode? Um, I think it was stars you love in movies that flopped. Stars you love, okay. Robin Williams was in a few of those. Yes, indeed. It was a good chat. Not quite as good as our, as as the average four-figure discount for, uh, one chat, but uh, it's still pretty good. F-O-F-O-P? That is correct. All right. Check it out, patrons, for some more Mr. Davis goodness. Then we get Miss Springfield, and she begins the day, and everyone's banging their pots. <laughs> and It's just, this is terrifying. It's like, as we were saying before, Bob mentality, it's like, 
This oh, year, yeah. they're, 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 they're on the hunt to kill these snakes, but they're just so blind by what they're doing Single-minded in the determination yeah, to crush just, those snakes. It's terrifying. This is where we see the legitimate businessman's club shoot the snake. It just, oh, that's it, right. It just goes, it just explodes. And I was like, oh, that's a bit sad. But I will say I did love the, ew, a bug. <laughs> <laughs> Bart is then reading the truth about Whacking Day. And Lisa says, oh, man. We need to get snakes in here. Like that's one way to get them safe. How, do, how can we do it? And Bart explains. Well, we get the vibrations, and he suggests the speakers with a bit of bass. Like, and they'll be like, in here, like Oprah on a bait ham. I was like, oh, poor Oprah. Back when Oprah wasn't, qu- she wasn't all powerful yet. She was powerful, but not all powerful. You could, you could still make a little bit of fun. Yep. Don't then can't they, do it now. You get shot. Exactly. Yeah, you will not be getting a new car. That's for sure. <gasps> Lisa then goes through all the records, but she can't find anything good. And then she overhears. They're all what high, really high pitched. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. The chipmunks, chipmunks and, and stuff. Yep. Bass, bass, tiny Tim, the chipmunks' greatest hits, a castrato Christmas. Ah! Oh. Can't get enough of your love, babe. <gasps> Mr. White, can we borrow you for a minute? Anything for a lady. Don't bother the snakes. Leave all the snakes alone. Ah, yeah. Oh, baby. My darling, I can't get enough of your love, babe. Girl, I don't know, I don't know why. Can't get enough of your love, Some things I can't get used to No matter how I try It's like the more you give, the more I want And baby, that's no, that's no lie Tell me, what can I say? What am I gonna do? I love the intro. Leave all the snakes alone. alone. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yes, I should have waited for the pause. Your pause was very good. The, 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 the pause, is all, that's what it's all about. It's the pause. Leave all the snakes. <laughs> I also really enjoyed alone. in this how much Lisa was loving the bass. She was having a great yeah. time playing that bass. It was awesome. Yeah, she's a, and she might be a bit of a musical prodigy. I mean, I don't know, you know sax is her, is her instrument, but... She seems to have a good aptitude for picking up just about anything and making a sound out of it. Do you know who's really good at the sax? Tell me. Nicola. Oh, for real? Yeah, she was in a band playing sax. How about that? What was the name of the band? She was in a jazz band. It was just like a school thing, like a traveling jazz band. Nice. Nicola, she was playing Star Wars the other day on the um on the sax. Oh, for real? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. That's pretty good. <laughs> the lovely Louise's youngest son, Felix, yep. is quite the musical prodigy. Okay. And currently he's uh, heavily into the sax and... Yeah, again, one of these people who can just you know pick up an instrument and yeah, make beautiful, make beautiful music. Some people just have it, that's for sure. Yeah. But all the snakes follow the uh, the sound of Barry White's voice, and they enter the Simpsons' house. One of them is even nice enough to wipe its tail on the mat. They're all very, <laughs> very thankful for the opportunity to, to survive. And then the mob arrives. Springfield never have a reason to kill these snakes. Like the cane toad thing is because they're killing the crops. Do they just like killing snakes? I, I think they do. But as we discover uh, sooner or later, it. You know, had, a, had had completely different origins, according exactly. to Bart. It, yes, that's right. Maggie puts the pacifier in the snake's mouth and just a bit of a visual gag there. Bart then explains, you know, Whacking Dad's actually a sham. It was originally to beat up the Irish. It wasn't beating up snakes at all. I took some licks, but it was all in good fun. Lisa then questions, you know, what, why do we hate snakes? Like, And Grandpa's like, I hate everything. I'm an old man. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you, brother. I ate everything except Matlock. It's on now, so he goes to watch it. Ask Mrs. Ooh, Glick, it's on now. Yes. who who killed those mice in your in your I think it was laundry or whatever, Mrs. Glick. Snakes Snake did. did. <laughs> I love that. That was really funny. Snakes did. <laughs> Barry White then you know says he makes everyone love them. He's just like, come on, the snakes are great. Well, yeah. Well, he loves the sexy silver of a lady snake. Exactly. Yeah. Quimby shows off. He's twice as he said, twelve dead snakes. Hooray! Look at this, everyone. Twelve dead snakes. I'm sick of you people. You're nothing but a pack of pickle mush heads. He's right. Give us hell, Quimby. The snakes then all leave to born free. They're all happy now. And you think the episode's over, but no, wait a minute. 
Skinner realizes something. Well, but actually, before, actually, before this, Skinner's impressed with Bart's knowledge, and he um, yeah, thanks, Seymour. Yes. Well, he <laughs> welcomes him back, and I've just got here in brackets. No, don't do it. Stay home. Very valid point, Dender. <laughs> yeah, but then this is where Skinner remembers the bullies. But it's just so great that. The, Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> but it's nice that they're all, you know, having their truth circle in the uh, in the basement, and you kind of feel sorry for them. <laughs> this is like they've been forgotten. They've been locked in this room and slept there. But it was nice on the part of the animators when you first see uh, what is it, utility basement B, that it is actually full of what bottled water and crackers. That's a good point. Yeah, so they wouldn't yeah, have died. So, yeah. yeah, I didn't even think of that. I also like that Kearney now has a five o'clock shadow. <laughs> <laughs> but Skinner and Willie they're driving the tractor with the bikes that's it here we go Willie we're giving the bikes no one sues what if they're dead sir <laughs> then we ride these bikes to Mexico and freedom Willie freedom and Willie says you'll turn him in at the first toll booth and that is the end of Whacking Day so an episode that as I said very memorable nowhere near as funny as other classic episodes that we've reviewed recently from this era but the story's good isn't it all the all the, all the stories it's so abs- it's so absurd and i think you know what it is it's just you've got such an absurd story in whacking day but such a down-to-earth story with bart just being homeschooled by marge i mean the the whole stealing the tractor and stuff's a bit wacky but from that point on the bart marge story it's actually quite sweet and wholesome you know yeah. and compare that with whacking day it's just two completely different stories but i did think the way that they that sports would have brought them together Felt very seamless. Or Seymour. No, no. Um, <laughs> I take back what I said a little earlier about how, yeah, they weren't merged together all that well. As is often the case when we discuss an episode, it's like, oh, actually, yeah, they did an okay job with it. As he said, it's not the funniest, but yeah, I think those stories, yeah, the Whacking Day one, the homeschooling one, and even, you know, the little sub bits of business with you know homer sort of enjoying whacking day for his own reasons and lisa having another one of her crusades they all come together quite nicely yeah every member of the family has something to do in this episode even even uh even maggie with her pacifier yeah that is true yes all right so that is our four finger discount revisit a classic review of whacking day we hope you guys enjoyed it we'd love to hear what your thoughts are on the episode so send in your comments on the in the patreon group Thank you once again, guys, for your ongoing support here on the Patreon page. You guys are what's keeping the show going. We mm. do love each and every single one of you, and we hope you enjoyed this review. We'll be putting up a poll in the next couple of weeks to find out which review we're going to do for the month of April. I'm thinking... No, nah, we won't do that. That's a clip show. I was thinking of the one with the April Fool's. That's just a funny moment. April Fool's. <laughs> so we'll pick, um, we'll pick four random episodes from the golden era, chuck them up, and you guys can vote. And as I said on the recent uh, episode of Four Finger Discount with, uh, from Season 15... Make sure that you send in your new names for the Guy Davis New Name Championship because I'm going to be taking all the answers and Guy's going to pick his favourites without seeing any names so we can get rid of any potential bias that you guys are claiming is happening. Yes, indeed. Like like my crush on Garode Harahill. Exactly right. (laughs) So thank you once again, guys, for your support. You're absolute champions. Uh, If you are listening to this and you haven't rated or reviewed us on the Apple Podcast page or Spotify or whatever yet, could you please do so? I mean, you're obviously supporting the show. We do love you for it. But if you could also just chuck us five stars and a few kind words, that would be great. But yes, you guys are all champions. We love you. Thank you once again. Hope you enjoyed Whacking Day. Look out for the next poll to decide the next episode of Four Figure Discount Revisited Classics. But for now, Mr. Davis, any final words for those amazing patrons out there? Give us hell, patrons. Shh.